If you were put in the same position as Adam and Eve, if you were the first person to inhabit the earth, would you have responded the same as they did? From the moment man was created, there's one reality that's always existed, and that's temptation. We see in Genesis that Adam and Eve, still in that moment before original sin, which we refer to as original justice, that moment before original sin, still had to overcome this battle of temptation that we all face. This is because God had given them freedom, which is very good in itself. A freedom to choose God or to choose contrary. St. Paul writes to the Romans in the beautiful second reading we heard about how sin entered the world. And we believe as Christians that this tendency towards sin, which we call concupiscence, entered the world at the moment that Adam and Eve make this choice. I think original sin and concupiscence is one of those few theological principles that doesn't need much explaining. The reason I say that is I believe we all experience it, the fact that there is sin, the fact that we have an attraction towards sin. When temptation to sin comes either because of our own selves or because of the devil, right, there is an attraction towards sin. Even though it harms us, and even though we know it harms us, we often can choose sin anyway. This reality binds us as a human family. Right, St. Paul tells us that this reality very clearly tells us that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yet in the second part of that verse, he says, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. This is St. Paul's focus a couple chapters before the letter we heard today. Sin entered into the world by one man, Adam. Adam, that one man, as he commits the first sin, becomes our head. Yet we truly believe that as Jesus Christ became man and became our new head, the abundance of grace entered into the human family through Jesus Christ. We continue to see in our gospel today this same reality of temptation that's played out in the first two readings. Remember, of course, that Jesus is without original sin. Yet he, too, has to endure temptation. Jesus then perfectly shows us how we're supposed to resist temptation. 
he's grounded in his own identity of who he is. Right? Who he is as a son of God. And he resists, resists temptation with his knowledge of the scripture. It says at the end, after he's resisted perfectly the temptation, the devil leaves him alone. Yet I don't believe that that was the last instance that he's tempted in the scriptures. Right from the very moment he's on the cross, they scoff at him and say, if you are the son of God, come down from that cross. We see in his agony in the garden, right, this struggle, not your will, not my will, but yours be done, Father. However, we should not reduce Jesus' suffering through this temptation and his overcoming of this temptation to just a good example. I think sometimes if we reduce Jesus to just a good example, it's as if we're saying God at one point said, well, obviously you guys haven't tried hard enough, so let me just go down there and show you how to do it. That's not what we believe. The Lord entered into our temptation. And what this means is that through our own temptation, his grace is, accept, is accessible to us. And so it's just not a good example that he gives us, but he gives us the grace and the power of his own strength. The grace of his own strength. Let me demonstrate this by returning to our letter from St. Paul that we heard. I quote, And the gift is not like the result of the one who sinned. For after one sin there was judgment that brought condemnation. But the gift, after many transgressions, brought acquittal. For if by the transgression of the one, death came to reign through that one, how much more will those who receive the abundance of grace in the gift of justification, come to reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. If we apply this to our own lives as Christians, through baptism we enter into Jesus Christ. Sanctifying grace comes to dwell in our hearts. Grace is given to us in the moments that we need for action. Yet God did not cancel out the reality of freedom. He did not cancel out the reality of us being able to choose between grace and sin. Remember this reality. When this happens, St. Paul illustrates to us again, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Last week, when we heard of this command to love our enemies, 
I, I said in my homily last week that for us to truly love our enemies, it's not that I, it is I who love my enemies, but it's Christ through me that I'm able to love my enemies. That's the only way it's possible. In the same way it is only possible to resist the temptation of sin if it is Christ through me that resists the temptation to the sin. If it's by sanctifying grace that the very life of God is alive in me, then Jesus Christ lives out through me and is able to resist sin. But cooperation of grace with grace isn't easy. And so this is where our practice of Lent comes in. A self-denial and discipline teach us to choose this reality of grace over sin. And the more we practice it, the uglier sin appears during temptation. When we see the glory of a life in Christ, the uglier the reality of sin becomes. It's by this grace that we're able to resist temptation. So practically, what does this mean? Let me offer three points. Number one, when I'm tempted, resisting temptation isn't just being really stubborn about not sinning. I think often we think in that way. Right? Like I said, it's not done under my own power. That's not possible. That's why Jesus had to become man. We weren't able to do it by our own power. If you choose to fight on your own, you will lose. Which leads to number two. We must allow Jesus Christ to fight for us. In those moments of temptation, we must surrender and say, Lord, I can't do this on my own. Fight for me. And third, but, and lastly, we must be disciplined. I can't just rely on the grace of God when temptation gets heavy. Right? When the snowball of temptation is all the way down the hill. I have to have the daily habit of relying on Jesus Christ and submersing myself in prayer and in His grace.